We wake up, put on our uniform, start the Keurig, gather our things, eat two blueberry egos. No, just me. Okay. We get in our vehicle and we drive to work. We get there and we say hi to our coworkers. We check our emails. We grab a wrench, type with keyboards. We arm up with a primary and a secondary, and we go out and ensure our birds are ready to fly. Scheduling is on par, and our fence lines and assets are secure and safe. As Chief Hofsa says, we do great work. We study the occasional CDC or PME. We go TDY and learn how to become even more proficient at our jobs. We deploy and fight our nation's wars. We do all of this to keep our country free. We do it for school benefits and we do it for the camaraderie. We do it to travel and to see the world and we do it because our parents did it and we carry on that legacy. We do it so others don't have to and we do it because we raised our right hand. We don't like stepping outside our comfort zones, but we're encouraged to. We're encouraged to volunteer and make a difference, both outside the gate and inside. We're taught that teamwork makes a difference to promote unit cohesiveness. Teamwork in your work center and teamwork among members scattered throughout the organization. We learn from each other, not just our supervisors or mentors, but from everyone we work with, always moving forward and thinking of ways to improve. And when I think of team building and proficient airmen who make a difference, I think of the junior enlisted council. The council itself has been around for a while, though its members cycle in and out as they move up in rank. But the core is always there. And in this 34th episode of the Maniac Radio Show, we're going to talk to the Junior Enlisted Council and find out who they are and what they're capable of. I'm Master Sergeant Andy Sinclair with the 101st Public Affairs Office in Bangor, Maine. We're going to get to the Junior Enlisted Council here in a minute. A little later, I have a couple short interviews we recently did concerning some outstanding stuff the wing has been doing over the summer with ESGR and the Summit Project. I have a great new maniac fact for you about a unit award, because who doesn't like awards, right? And also some summer safety tips to help keep you and your family safe for the remainder of the summer. All of that and more right after a short word from our sponsors. Just kidding, we don't have any sponsors. You are our sponsors. The listeners, make sure to tell your friends and family about this podcast and help spread the word. It's a great way to learn about what's going on around the wing. If you have something you'd like to get out or a story that you want told, please contact the PA shop and we'd love to add it to future episodes. And without further ado, let's move on with the show. The Junior Enlisted Council is here, so let's bring them in. Okay, so here in the studio today we have Staff Sergeant Rangel. She's from the uh, she's from the Com Flight, but she's also the president of the not Student Council, not Student Flight, but the Junior Enlisted Council. And I get that mixed up in my mind sometimes. It's kind of like weird uh, deficiency in my mind. But so she is Junior Enlisted Council or the JEC. Yeah, so it's the um, Junior Enlisted Advisory Council, actually JEAC, uh, but close enough. The GAC. <laughs> Something like that. But how long have you been in the Guard? Um, I've been in the Guard, let's see, I enlisted in 2011, so it's been a little while. Um, I actually joined the Junior Enlisted when I transferred here back in 2014, shortly after then. Okay, were you active duty before that? Uh, No, I was a part of the 161st in Phoenix, Arizona. All right, that's awesome. Okay, so you haven't been around for like 15 years? 
plus years, but you're already, you're kind of in charge of this whole program, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll just start off with the basic stuff. Do you like it? I love it. Yeah. Um, Junior Enlisted Council has been one of my passions since I joined and being named the chair um, has just been a very big opportunity for me and I'm very glad to be in this role. How does that work? Do, do people, we kind of made a joke before we hit record earlier but about voting. Like, do people vote on it or do you get, you get appointed by the wing commander or like the first, the first sergeants? How does that work? Yeah, so the elected officials, which includes me as the chair, the vice chair, and the secretary, um, get... Who we also have in here, by the way, the secretary. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but we'll get to her in a minute. They are voted on by the council members and appointed. In a nutshell, I guess, what do you guys do when you get together? What's the whole point behind the, the GAC, <laughs> the Junior Enlisted Advisory Council? So our main focus is, you know, to be a voice for our junior enlisted community. That is the whole reason why we're here. We do uh, a number of other things as well, but that is the main reason for the council. You correct me if I'm wrong, but every, pretty much every installation has something like this, right? It's not just the, the 101st that has a junior enlisted council. That's correct, yeah. Okay, so this is something that's been around for a long time. I'd say so. As many of you know, we also have the senior enlisted council, right? We have that as well. And the chief's council too, right? So like you said, it's one of those uh, programs that allows another avenue of support if members, junior enlisted members on, in this wing need it from you guys. You guys are kind of like the, the backbone behind getting things done if something needed to get done. Right. Just an open channel for people to come to and voice their opinions and, and whatnot. So. Is there anything that you guys can tell me about like ongoing projects you might be working on currently? Uh, sure. So some of our current efforts include um, student flight support. So it's pretty exciting. The student flight program is going through somewhat of a revamp and we are supporting that vision and providing council member support um, in the form of uh, you know presentations or briefings during um, the student flights day. Um, another one of our efforts is our maniac heritage effort that we're working on and that effort is trying to bring back a little bit of our maniac history um, to the forefront of our members' minds. And um, we're actually going to be doing a stand-up presentation um, prior to this UTA. So be uh, looking out for that. Oh, yeah. So we are trying to get um, a tournament going. We're hoping for a dodgeball tournament. And Senior Mendebe, who's here with me right now, is trying to head that up. So hopefully um, we can get that approved by the right channels and get that going as well. So those are some of our current efforts at the moment. Kind of like a, so that last one is probably arguably one of the, one of the more important ones, right? I mean, that's pretty fun. All right. So that's, uh, but it's, it's a good way for team building, which is what we're all here to do is to be a part of a team, but it's also a way to get out aggression on coworkers, right? That's cool. That's awesome. So, what is the process like? If I if I wanted to join the junior enlisted council, how would I how would I do that? Do you guys have a cap, or can you just let anybody in, or how does that work? So, right now we actually have a very good problem. So, we've got a lot of interest um, recently, and we have a cap of twenty members, but we have a reserve list, and. Um, our goal is to have anyone who's interested in joining the council shadow um, any council meeting and get involved. Even if we do have the 20-member cap fulfilled, um, there's always opportunity to 
um, get on the council because of promotions and people moving on and whatnot. So um, we do have a cap and there is a process, but we always encourage people to join in on our council meetings. Now, there's obviously a rank restriction, right? Yes. So tech sergeant and below. As the, as the president of the junior enlisted council, like what, what is your specific role? Um, so, I mean, basically I'm a POC for anybody to contact the council and my role is to support our council members and our vision and mission and make that possible. Um, I don't alone look at our nominees. I may funnel our new nominees, but we as a council vote on membership. Cool. That's probably the best way, huh? That's, that's awesome. It's cool that you guys do it that way. What about professional development stuff? Do you guys ever work on that as a group together, like maybe bullet writing or EPR practicing? Yeah, so it's funny that you mentioned that. Actually, we are working on all of our members um, creating a biography. So we do work on professional development as well. Yeah, that's cool. That's awesome. Um, is there anything you want to add before we we turn this over to um, Senior Airman Debay? Or, or, or is it Secretary Debay? I'm not I sure like how Secretary. To... I prefer to be called Secretary Debay. Okay. <laughs> Is there anything you'd like to add? Well, I mean, I just want to put out there that, you know, um, if anybody is interested in joining, they can always reach out to me, April Rangel and the gal. We also have a distro list out there. Um, so if you need that information to let me know. There um, is a nomination form. So if any member is interested, they need to be nominated by their supervisor, endorsed by their first sergeant, and um, I highly encourage it. So. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you. All right, so let's move this over here to Secretary Debay. She's Secretary Debay, who is the Secretary of the Junior Enlisted Advisory Council. Can you tell me what your role is? As a Secretary? As a Secretary. There were some written up guidelines of what the Secretary does, and one of them, one of the main functions is to, essentially I type up like meeting minutes for our, or we get together like notes, and um, I send them out, but I kind of just do whatever role needs to be filled and help out um, I help out the president and the vice president. Who's the vice president again? Technical Sergeant Galen Gaffney. Okay, that's right. Yeah, which who, who couldn't be with us today because he's uh, he's busy doing security things. He's too good for us. <laughs> so how long have you been doing this for? Yeah, I mean it started up a few months ago. I was approached um, see if I would be interested in it. So when I first joined um, the Air Guard here, it was 2015, and there was still a junior enlisted council. So I'd heard about it. I was approached. To join um, so we're kind of in the process of revamping and regrouping so it's really exciting to be a part of and have it come into life again you actually were approached by it so that's a that's a good mark on your character right and people are I hope so I'd like yeah I'd like to thank yeah, yeah. we'll just go with it we'll go <laughs> yeah. with that one yeah just for the air we'll go with that yeah exactly <laughs> um, that's awesome so when it comes to the the student flight responsibilities that you guys have that's, a, that's actually kind of a big deal like all joking aside that, that's like a that's a big yeah, thing, it's really right? important. Cause you, yeah, because yeah. you, you guys are you, you're help shaping the future of the main air guard, or potentially the air force in general, because they're going to be deploying, they might be switching units, or whatever else. So that's kind of a big. Yeah, I'd like to see that program do really well because I remember going through it. There wasn't too much going on with it, so it's exciting. It's a big. It is a big thing to be a part of, and hopefully teaching. We have a lot of airmen that just came back actually that are in student are in the sorry junior enlisted that would be really great to have them go speak to them because they just came out like in the last year or two so they have a lot of good knowledge they can pass on and mentor and help the student flight student flight is not just not just airmen right is it also second lieutenants right so that's kind of that's kind of crazy when you think about it that wide, way wide age 
range in there as well as as well as rank. Yeah, so you get an, an experience as well. So you got these brand new lieutenants who are just getting out of college who don't have any real military experience yet, but you guys are the face of that. Like you're kind of like the the gate guards and security are the first thing that they see when they come on and hear the first impression they're getting before they go to OCS or OTS or whatever it's called and BMT. So that's pretty crazy. Yeah, it's really cool. So how does it make you feel? That's, that's the million dollar question. So important. <laughs> no, it is. It's it's a good thing to be a part of. Why is that so important? Just I, I remember going through it in student flight and wanting more information and wanting to learn more and do more. And it helps so much when you go away, the more knowledge and information that you do have. And just have somebody that you can go to and talk to if you need, if you have any questions about anything. I had, I mean, I'm sure you both did as well, had a million questions. And it's super important to have those answered and know that you're cared about and somebody cares to answer them for you and help you. Yeah, that's awesome. No, that's that's really good. I could yeah, I could dive into that for hours and how important it is, but so you have the you guys have the team building stuff, which is amazing, but you also have the meat potatoes of what the junior list council is supposed to do. So that's pretty that's pretty awesome. So that's a good credit to you guys. So um, how, so how many members do you guys have? We're at twenty right now. We have um, representation from across the wing as well, which is really awesome. We like to we would like to try to keep that just. We do one program that we're, we're working on doing again is the Airmen to Airmen. I don't remember it when I came in at all. Um, I've heard a lot about it and essentially sit down with your Airmen and talk to them. And there's some draft questions that I found that they went over. Um, you just sit down with your Airmen and see how everything's going. Issues, good things, just things how everything's going for them. That's cool. So it's nice to have it across the wing so we can get a good picture and idea of how things are going across the wing which is important but yeah we're we're at 20 right now which is good so in a nutshell you guys are doing the team building you're doing professional development you're prepping bmt and ocs or ots candidates that's really important so you guys are doing big things that not everybody sees or hears about that was the whole reason why i wanted you on this podcast and that's the whole purpose behind this is to try and get you what you guys are doing out and about so people can see that more that mixed with if we were to ever do like a video or some photos and the photo we, we talked about, um, that would be awesome. So if we can get more people involved and get that process moving, that's huge. But it's one of those like, uh, what do they call that? Like the hidden secrets of the wing that not everyone knows what happens. They just know what happens. So that's pretty cool. All right. Well, thanks for coming out and doing this. And Thanks for having us. This will be out to the world, you know, no pressure. Let's talk about a few things. First off is the Hawk, the Health and Wellness Center. Drew Matlins, Bobby Joe Rogers, Tracy Sousa, Carl Tenney. Call them the Justice League, the Avengers, Power Rangers, whatever you'd like, but their mission is a big one, health and wellness. I guess I'll start off by saying they're located in building 417. So if you come up to building 505 looking for Drew, you won't find him or his candy. He's down in 417 with the other members of the A-team. Family readiness, psychological health, the wing sexual assault response coordinator, and yellow ribbon coordinator. One location, one stop shop, one mission. The welfare of our airmen and their families. Go say hi. They love it when you say hi. Speaking of Drew, family day is coming up. Sunday of September drill. Be sure to let your families know. 
food, games, maybe a dunk tank. Come ready to have fun and soak in those last few weeks of beautiful weather before winter comes and ruins it all. Because winter is coming. And Arya Stark will not be here to save us. Even she would be like, this is a main winter. I want nothing to do with this nonsense. I'm going someplace warmer. Take me to King's Landing. I'd rather deal with the Lannisters than a Nor'easter any day. Anyway, family day. September drill on Sunday. Don't miss out. But ladies and gentlemen, for real, summer is coming to an end shortly. But that doesn't mean that fun activities need to stop. Please remember to continue to stay safe throughout the remainder of summer. Drink lots of water, wear a life jacket while boating, and don't drink and drive. It seems like a no-brainer, right? But people still do it. We've had some seriously hot and humid days over the last few weeks. Don't become another statistic and don't make Master Sergeant Termel or Senior Master Sergeant Anaya have to brief the commanders on another safety mishap. They don't like doing that. Don't make them angry. You won't like them when they're angry. Okay, let's move on. I have a couple interviews I want to play for you from some different things that have been going on lately. First is an interview we did with Chief Master Sergeant Retired Dennis Wellman, who works as a rep for ESGR, the employer support for Garden Reserve. Tech Sergeant Mary Pelletier, who works here at the clinic, nominated her civilian employer, Northern Lights Hospital, here in Bangor for an award through ESGR for the support that she received during her time on active duty. It's not easy for civilian employers to have to shift and adapt to allow their employees who are in the Guard to leave their organization for months or years at a time. Chief Wellman has been doing this for a while. Let's hear what he has to say. Okay, so I'm standing here with uh, Chief Master Sergeant Retired Dennis Wellman, who is a ESGR rep. Uh, Chief, what are we doing here today? Well, actually, we're, we're coming here to uh, present an award to Eastern Bay Medical Center, uh, an individual that has uh, assisted one of our main Air National Guard members uh, during the time that she was deployed for for three years and during that time what ESGR really likes to do is to support our employer base and also support our guard members and show appreciation by presenting the awards that are nominated um, by the guard member. Uh, we presented a patriotic employer award to Mary Pelletier's supervisor McKella and that patriotic employer um, really represents the positive part of what ESGR is all about. Uh, we build a good um, liaison between the Guard and the civilian workforce and um, presenting these awards is something that is really uh, beneficial to our program, beneficial to the employer, beneficial to the service members. So that's what we do. Why is it so important for the employer to be recognized when they do an outstanding job like this? The employers themselves uh, actually Whenever our guard member deploys, they lose a lot of of their um, their workforce, and so whatever we can do to recognize how supported they are, it makes makes it just that much easier for our guard members to be able to to go on these deployments and to serve their country. So, just, so yeah, just to, just to recognize the employers. Um, because they are part of this whole thing. You know, it's all about uh, the employer and the service organizations. So you were doing this a couple of years ago, and if I'm not mistaken, you took a break for a little bit, and now you're back. So what's in it for you? Well, actually, I continued to do it. I was working full-time with ESGR, but I continued working as a volunteer. And uh, the ESGR program, the Employer Supportive Gardeners Reserve program, is actually a volunteer organization. 
there's only a couple of full-time staff within the state, but here in Maine, and there's a, a committee for each state. There's 54 different committees around the, the country, and um, Maine has like 25 volunteers to go out and present the awards to the employers, educate the service members of what their obligations are, or work as ombudsman to to work through issues, uh, the USERA issues, the Uniform Services Employment Reemployment Rights Act issues. Um, so I continue to do that as a volunteer, and I really like doing it. It helps both the employer base and it helps the service organizations. So. I think it's awesome that you you spent you know your whole your whole military career. You were in the military. You retired as an E9. Um, that says something about your work ethic in itself. And then after you retire, you continue to serve um, by recognizing those who help others serve. That's pretty awesome. Uh, is there anything you'd like to add? No, I, it's just, it is enjoyable and it, it's something that keeps me connected to the, to both the services and the employer base because I, it's, and it's something that's needed. It's something that's really needed, that liaison. So Thanks for doing this. Yeah, thank you. Good stuff and a cool ceremony to watch. You can see the photos from the event over on our Facebook and Instagram pages. Just search 101STARW and you can get to both of them that way. The next interview is from an event that just happened a few days ago. Senior Master Sergeant Grady Thurlow and his team up there in Aerial Port took it upon themselves to work with the Summit Project. Now, if you don't know what the Summit Project is, it's an organization that allows anyone willing to keep the memory of Maine's fallen heroes alive by hiking or backpacking while carrying a stone that represents a Maine fallen hero. It's an unbelievable program and it's one of a kind. So Senior Master Sergeant Thurler reached out, signed his team up, received 18 stones, all representing a different hero who made the ultimate sacrifice, and they set out to Gulf Hagas in Greenville, Maine, and hiked seven miles as a team. And I was fortunate enough to go with him. Now I learned two things on that hike. One, that I'm not as young as I used to be, and seven miles is a lot longer than I thought it was, but it was very well worth it. And two port dogs up there in Aerial Port, Senior Master Sergeant Thurlow's entire team, were very proud and honored to take part in this event. They're all extremely patriotic, and it was very moving to see them all do this as a team. Pretty cool stuff. I interviewed one of the newest and youngest port dogs and got his take on it. Here's what he had to say. With me right now is A1C Dylan Weeks, and he uh, he was part of a hike yesterday with the Port Dogs. They were doing something for the Summit Project, and um, anyway, before we get into that, I wanna I wanna kind of do a, a quick intro. So, uh, Airman Weeks, uh, where are you from? Uh, I'm from Gorham, Maine, born and raised. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. Cool. Did you uh, go to the high school there? Is there? I did. Yep. So if you're not familiar, it's like right near Portland, so it's a it's a good area. I like it. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. A lot more to do down there. Oh yeah. <laughs> so how long have you been in the unit? Uh, I've been in for about a year and a half now. So new legs. I'm liking it. Yeah. Yeah. How was training? How was tech school and all that stuff? It was a good experience. I really enjoyed it. I mean, it wasn't as bad as I I thought. I'm sure that's kind of the same story for everybody. But yeah, I, I liked it. Made a lot of friends. It was good. That's awesome. So you so you've been in here. You've been here for a year and a half. So what are some of the things you do on drill weekends? You're traditional, right? Yes. Um, so in my shop, I'm in packs. I guess the best thing to talk about is what's coming up right now. We actually have a C-17 coming down, and we'll be able to train on that loading cargo. We'll be able to just play with the big equipment that we have around here. It's a good time. I've been on 
several TDYs with you guys in the past, and it always seems the same that there's a kind of close knit camaraderie. Is that kind of the same thing you you've sensed since you've been in? Yeah, we're definitely a big family group over there. Everyone's we like to have a good time. So I know when I was looking, I, this is my second career field, right. and when I was when I was ready, when I was getting ready to, to cross train, a lot of people were telling me that if I didn't really care too much about the job, like if I wasn't dead set on a certain position, to look into going to into um, air trans because of senior Mass Sergeant Thurlow at the time, Mass Sergeant Thurlow, um, because of the supervisor that he is, which is awesome. Um, and and just now being in my new career field and seeing how he is and the different TDYs we've been on. I can see that he does take the time. I mean, you don't see that anywhere else, like what you guys right, do. You, yeah. don't, you don't see that anywhere else on base, really. At least we don't anyway. He's definitely one of the reasons why I picked that shop. Uh, just kind of when I was here, torn around when I was still a civilian. Uh, Sergeant Thurlow definitely made me feel at home. And that's what I like most about our shop is everyone, I mean, we get our work done. And at the same time, we can still, you know, joke around and be serious being the supervisor that he is the shop boss that he is and the, the close-knit camaraderie that you guys have that's kind of what was um the, the driving uh the backbone behind yesterday right it was kind of a team building exercise yes yeah um so we wanted to do the summit project sergeant thurlow brought it up to us and immediately just about everyone in our shop raised their hands and said that they wanted to carry a rock up a mountain and I, it was a really good experience for me. Yeah, so what is the Summit Project? So a background on the Summit Project is uh, it's kind of about Maine's fallen heroes, and we just don't want to forget them. So we there's the Summit Project, and you go online, and you pick someone, and then you get a rock, and that a rock is attached to a fallen Maine hero. And then what you do is you can go on to the summitproject.org and you can look at all of uh, these fallen heroes. And there's background stories on each of them kind of giving you, you know, the, the gist of who, who they were as a character, how they died, uh, like what unit they were in, just pretty much everything you need to know about them. And then you kind of go and you do your own little write-up about it. And on the hike, once you get to the top, you kind of take out your rocks and you kind of share the stories of who they were just so their memory lives on and they, and they won't be forgotten. I had uh, Army Sergeant Joshua J. Kirk. He was 30 years old when he died. He was from South Portland, Maine. Uh, he was assigned to the 3rd Squadron, 61st Cavalry Regiment, 4th Brigade Combat Team, 4th Infantry Division, and he was uh, from Fort Carson. Basically, Josh was really brave. He died in an outpost attack from small arms fire. It was actually uh, him and seven other members died that day. So there's a book about Josh. It's called uh, The Outpost. And basically it describes this whole story and his mother really encourages. If you have the time to read it, you should definitely look at it and it, it's, it's pretty amazing. I know that there's a couple of people from my shop that read it. Uh, I think Sergeant Thurlow read it. I think Sergeant Courier read it. They both said it was a really good book. When we're all doing this hike and you listen to all these stories and you kind of, it kind of like hits you right in the heart because you're like, wow, this could, happen to, this could happen to me, this could happen to anyone in my shop.
these guys put their life on the lines to serve our country and it's hard like listening to all this stuff and I think the summit project's really important. It's a pretty eye-opening experience and just taking it from my perspective when I went with you guys yesterday and hearing all those stories it's pretty crazy. What did you learn from yesterday? Um, my biggest takeaway from yesterday was just how something like the summit project just a simple idea of you know like creating a, a memorial stone and carrying it up and really just letting everyone know like these great men and women and Maine's fallen heroes and who they were I think it's very powerful just how something so simple could and like have such a great change and have such a great lasting impact on the people so I think that was my biggest takeaway from yesterday. And hopefully by, by having you on, on this episode and, we, uh, and having you talk about this, maybe it'll inspire other shops to maybe do the same. Or do you know if anybody can, can do the Summit Project? I mean, does it have to be military or is it anybody? I believe, I believe anybody can do the Summit Project. But, yeah, I'd, I'd definitely recommend it. If you're looking for a good hike, Golf Vegas was, was a fun time. But it's, it's important. And at the same time, it's a good team bonding activity. Well, good. All right. Well, thanks. I appreciate you coming in and talking about it. And, um, and that was, again, that was an awesome experience yesterday. So I, I appreciate you guys inviting me. And thanks for coming in for the podcast. Yeah, well, thanks for having me on. All right. Awesome job, Airman Weeks. And thanks again for doing that interview. Senior Master Sergeant Thurlow is an outstanding senior NCO, and his team is lucky to have him. Kudos to him for making this happen. And a huge shout out to his whole team for stepping up and keeping the memory of our main heroes alive. It seems that excellence in all we do has been a code the 101st Air Fueling Wing has lived by for a very long time. It's an Air Force core value after all, excellence. If there's one thing the wing is known for around the world, it's that we provide top-notch customer service and we set the example for our sister branches and other units. We receive awards, we fly to every corner of the globe, work in not-so-nice areas, and take heat for leaving those little stickers everywhere we go. But to be honest, that last one is just because everybody else is jealous. But it's no known secret that 40-plus years ago, our ops tempo wasn't the same as it is now. Specifically in 1979, America hadn't seen war in four years and wouldn't again for another 11 years when the Persian Gulf kicked off. But just because America wasn't at war didn't mean the maniacs let off the pedal. In 1979, the 101st still outperformed 91 other flying units and was federally recognized because of it. Major General Geis was the Air National Guard director at the time, and he honored the maniacs by presenting the coveted Spatz Trophy to the wing. The 101st was dubbed, quote, the Outstanding Air National Guard Flying Unit, and Colonel Osgood, the wing commander at the time, accepted the award in Cleveland, Ohio, on behalf of the Maniacs. The funny thing is, not just a few months prior, the Maine Army National Guard accepted the same award on the Army side, outperforming every single Army Guard unit in the country. It seems that Maine was the state to be in for military awards that year. Factors taken into consideration for the SPATS Trophy were aircraft mission capability, combat-ready air crews, re-enlistment rates, training, manning conduct, outstanding accomplishments, and inspection results. Yep, the I word, inspections. You know those little things we seem to be hit with from time and time again, like that mosquito that just won't go away. But unlike the mosquito, 
our inspections make us stronger as a cohesive unit. Clearly it did back in 1979 during peacetime, and 40 years later, the IG is still taking us to school, so to speak. We learn, we adapt, and we stay on top. That's what maniacs do. That's how we remain a premier tanker unit. It's maniacs like Tech Sergeant Bousquet and Chief Stevens, the, the whole IG team that keeps us on our toes. Inspections will never stop, and we will get better and better as time moves on, and more inspections come and go. So yes, this is a maniac fact about 1979, and the wing receiving the Spatz Trophy, which is awesome, and a really cool piece of maniac history. But it's also a thank you to the IG team for everything they do to keep us ready for whatever happens tomorrow. Just like when Thanos snapped his fingers, this episode is over just like that. Thank you to everyone who participated in this episode of the Maniac Radio Show. Staff Sergeant Rangel and Airman Debay, Chief Master Sergeant Retired Dennis Wellman, Airman Weeks. There's a lot of good content in this episode and it's all thanks to you guys. As I mentioned before, if you have something that you want in this podcast, please don't hesitate to reach out and pitch an idea. We're open to anything. Well, except the Twilight Saga. There's no room for that in this podcast. Sorry, Master and Delisle. You'll have to find another topic to talk about. Let's talk about the music in this episode. Did it sound different? If it did, that's because it's written and recorded by one of our very own maniacs. Tech Sergeant Matt Harless from the Command Post composes music in his spare time and allows us to use his tunes in this podcast. Pretty cool, right? All of the music in this episode is his, except the music we used for the Maniac Fact. If you're curious about it, track him down and ask him. Maybe he'll tell you about how he recorded a few tracks in his own car because it was somewhat soundproof and quiet enough to do so. The man is dedicated and talented. So a huge shout out to Tech Sergeant Harless for letting us use his work. Last but not least, be sure to check out our Instagram and Facebook pages. If you're not into social media, you can also check out our website, app, or Divots pages as well. All of our media goes up on those platforms. So if you want to see some cool pics, watch videos, or read stories about the wing, that's how you do it. And that's all I have. I'm Master Sergeant Andy Sinclair with the 101st PA shop here in Bangor. I hope you all have a great weekend and remember to always stay safe. The safety office is always watching. Not really, that would be creepy. But pretend like they are and you'll be alright. Remember that old saying, WWDMD, what would Dan Moore do? Think about that. He'll get you through it. Until next time, so long and thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.